so when we, when I had that mindset shift and then started investing in Facebook ads and learned how to use that platform in a profitable way, that completely changed the business. And I think we, we tripled within a month or two. This is Chris Reynolds and welcome to the Entrepreneur House podcast. The Entrepreneur House is a business accelerator for six and seven figure entrepreneurs creating events and retreats all over the world. Picture yourself spending four weeks with other high level entrepreneurs in the northern mountains of Thailand, October 26th to November 24th, 2017. It will be full of masterminds, workshops, advisors, like-minded entrepreneurs, and of course, some fun adventure. Currently, we are offering a special early bird discount of $400 for only 10 people. Once they're filled, they're gone. Don't wait on this one, guys. If you're ready to take your business to the next level with other successful entrepreneurs, be sure to contact us ASAP at theentrepreneurhouse.com. And now, on to today's episode. Hello, entrepreneurs. Today, we welcome Jack Haldrup to the show. Jack is the creator and founder of Dr. Squatch, a soap company for men. Jack got the idea to create a soap company while traveling between cities in the U.S. He was on a flight and frustrated with his position in life. He promised himself by the end of the flight, he would have an idea for a business worth building. It is amazing what happens when a person gets clear about what they want. By the end of the flight, Jack had come up with the idea for Dr. Squatch Soap Company and has built it into a seven-figure business. I'm really excited to present this episode to you guys because Jack has a great story to tell and he digs into the science of his marketing and branding. It's a great episode, and without further ado, let's welcome Jack to the show. Welcome, Jack, to the podcast. How are you doing today? Doing great, Chris. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for joining us, and you're reporting live from beautiful San Diego. Jack is the founder of DrSquash.com, which provides epic products and soap and shampoo and just cool things for men. Manly men. We want to talk about this. Like, I love this idea and this product, Jack. And so, first off, I want to get to know the behind-the-scenes story of you and the involvement into Dr. Squash, into what it is today. Totally. So, um, you know, it's a it's kind of a classic entrepreneurial journey story, if you want me to kind of share from the beginning. Yeah, please do. Okay, cool. So, I... You know, I went to school, I went to college, I was very focused on that and, and kind of brainwashed into thinking that I needed to go to business school and grad school and go work for some awesome consulting company <laughs> and that was going to be the path to enlightenment. <laughs> um, and so, you know, a couple years after doing that, I realized that I hated it and I realized that kind of everybody I was working with um, that was, you know, 40 and 50, even the people at the top, that they were pretty much just miserable Mm-hmm. And so I kind of had this realization to myself that like, okay, you know, here I am and this is my path. And even if I succeed at the highest level on this path, like it sucks. So <laughs> my best <laughs> still sucks. So, you know, not a great place to be in. And, um, you know, just kind of realized that I wanted to, to do something that was meaningful to me. And so I guess you could call it a quarter life crisis. I, I was about 25 mm-hmm. when that all and uh, it's kind of funny. I remember very specifically, you know, how and why I started this this idea for Dr. Squatch. And I I was flying back on a plane from L.A. to Chicago. So I lived in Chicago at the time. And it's interesting because I've realized that a lot of my best ideas seem to come on planes. And, you know, I was, I was actually reading the 4-Hour Workweek and... Um, you know, I, I basically just was like, okay, 
you know, you've always wanted to start a business, you're getting older, like, you can't keep pretending like you're going to be an entrepreneur someday, like, eventually you got to, like, do something here. So I just made a commitment to myself that I was going to create an idea for a business before I got off the flight. And I didn't really care if it was a great idea or not. And so kind of at this same time in my life, um, I was dealing with some other things. Um, I have a skin condition called psoriasis, and it's, it's actually an autoimmune condition, and it's kind of scaly red patches on your skin, and um, you know it's mm-hmm. really dry skin. So I've always been very in tune, uh, I guess, with, with my own skin. Um, and that led me to start investigating nutrition and dieting, and I started using that as a way to manage kind of my, my disease or my condition. And from there, I just started learning more about personal care products. And so, uh, you know, I, I think people are starting to realize now, especially with processed food, um, that there's a lot of things that are maybe harmful for the body um, because mm-hmm. of the way that process. And I found a very similar story in the personal care world. So I started using, you know, more natural soaps and all kinds of products like that. And I found that it made a big difference for me. So you know, this was happening at the same time. And, you know, on the flight, I just thought that like, hey, maybe this idea would be cool. And for me, like my kind of my mission statement, um, which is still holds today was, um, okay, I want to tell guys specifically why they should care about this. Because number one, I didn't think anybody else was really doing that in the market. And number two, um, you know, I just thought it, it, it was meaningful to me as a person. And so I felt that you know, I could, I could relate to people and I could understand what people would want. So, um, so I kind of came up with that, with that concept and, and basically the idea that like I would start out with bar soap, um, and bar soap, like for a couple of reasons, bar soap was like pretty easy to get off the ground in terms of like the investment. Um, and so, you know, so I left that flight, I had that idea and to be honest, like I didn't really have high expectations for it. Um, you know, I, I told some friends about it and they thought it was kind of silly um you know i didn't i didn't have a lot of support and i but i i just kind of said worst case scenario i'll just work on this after hours for my job and if it goes somewhere great if not i'm going to learn something maybe i can get a better job or maybe i'll find a better idea along the way um and so so that's kind of how it all started and then from there i you know i was working with local soap makers in the chicago area and uh, learning about the process, learning about the products um, that they were making, and eventually found somebody that I trusted to work with and just changed some of the stuff that they were doing to fit into kind of the brand that I wanted and, um, you know, to fit our mission statement of, of being specifically for men. So I'm, I'm kind of fascinated with the idea that you were flying on a plane and you told yourself you are going to come up with an idea before you got off the plane, but where were you flying to and from? So, yeah, so I was doing consulting at the time, mm-hmm. and so I would travel around, you know, different cities, work for clients, and uh, so I was working in L.A. at the time and flying back to Chicago, so it was, you know, a nice three-and-a-half, four-hour flight. Did that idea cross your mind before you got on the plane or as you were getting on the plane or in the middle of the flight? No, on the flight. So I was reading the four-hour work week, and okay. I, I don't remember exactly what point it was, but there was basically a point where you know, probably when they're talking about like creating your muse. Right. And I was like, okay, I was just kind of frustrated with myself, I guess. And I was like, you know, I'm not going to wait any longer. Like, I'm just going to come up with an idea Mm -hmm. and like, I'm going to learn something from trying to 
build something off this idea, worst case scenario. And so that's just where I was. And I wrote okay. down, you know, like natural bar soap for men as my idea. And like, I was, it, it's kind of funny because at that time I was very focused on, you know, this was like 2000 and would have been 2013 or 14, um, maybe the end of 2013. I was, you know, I was very focused on like SEO and it was like, I, you know, I was creating like my business kind of around that. And I, mm-hmm. I was thinking that that would be like the winning strategy. And if like I could just get to number one, I'm like bar soap. <laughs> you know, all the riches would come to me. So. That's a ticket. That's a ticket. Well, well I want to ask you, Jack, you said you get a lot of your ideas while you're on plane. So um, I get a lot of ideas while I'm traveling too. So I'm kind of curious, why do you think that is? Yeah, it's an interesting question. I, I've talked to this before with, with a business coach of mine who's very spiritual. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, he thinks that it's it might be the ability to connect to a greater energy when you're at that, that level. Whether or not you believe that, um, I tend to have very good, like, flow on an airplane. Mm-hmm. Um, and, that, and so I like to do a lot of strategic planning or... Map, writing stuff out or mapping stuff out. Yeah. Um, so I've written a lot, and I try to. It's something I try to clear space for, specifically if I'm on a long flight. Yeah. Uh, to to do some type of like deep work in that in that place, um, and maybe it's just because there's no distractions as well. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Like I was, I was riding on a bus in Costa Rica, and I came up with the idea to do this charity project where a bunch of us climbed the tallest mountain in Costa Rica and raised a bunch of money for this clinic that was in San Jose. And, you know, I thought about, like, why do we have these ideas when we're on buses or on airplanes? And I think it's, yeah, huge because we have no distractions. And we can, me personally, I can clear my mind. And I don't have control of anything. So I can't, like, micromanage anything, you know, if, if especially if my phone's shut off. You know, and I can't put my mind on anything. The bus driver has full control or the the pilots of what's happening. And so my mind is more open, I think, to that space to get in that mindset where ideas come. Yeah, that's an interesting point. You're not going to get off that flight any earlier. Yeah. (laughs) Are you enjoying today's episode? I hope so. We're working hard to pick the minds of higher level entrepreneurs to bring you some applicable tactics for your business. October 26th through November 24th, we will have our most impactful event ever. Four weeks in the northern mountains of Thailand with other successful entrepreneurs that have six and seven figures in annual revenue in their businesses. The experience includes private accommodations, workshops, masterminds, advisors, high-speed Wi-Fi at a beautiful resort complex. And for our listeners, we have a special $400 early bird discount for only 10 people once they're filled they're gone so if you're ready to seriously take your business to the next level contact us at the entrepreneurhouse.com and now back to the show uh, all right so this is really cool i love as soon as i landed on the page i was like oh i just i love the branding i i love the idea i love men's products because there's not enough men's products out there, especially natural and more environmental products. So, and you mentioned something, part of your mission, Jack, is to inform men why they should care about this. So I'd love to ask you why. Why, why should men care about Dr. Squash soap and products? Totally. Um, it's a great question. So I think the easiest analogy for me to make is is just going back to the food analogy and, you know, 
basically like soap has been made for you know thousands of years in a very traditional way and it's essentially you take different types of fats and you mix it with sodium hydroxide and you you know you it turns from this liquid into a, you know a hard bar of soap so it's a really simple process to make soap you know the traditional way um however when you know larger consumer products companies started getting involved in this stuff um you know, they had different motives, which are, are not, you know, wrong or right, but they had motives, obviously, to drive profits and to produce large quantities of products um, as quickly and efficiently and as cheaply as possible. So when that happens, everything that goes into the product design is kind of designed to, to hit those goals rather than necessarily what's best for the body or the customer or the person all the time. And so, you know, kind of more specifically with a bar of soap, for example, um, when you have something that you would buy at the store, something more like an Irish spring, um, you know, it's going to it's going to be made in a way where they remove what's called glycerin, which is actually like all the vitamins and minerals that come from either the vegetable or animal fats that were put into the soap. Um, and that's oftentimes added to higher markup or higher margin products like a lotion, for example. Mm-hmm. And they put in other fillers um, such as sodium lauryl sulfate to create a lather and to kind of create this effect that there's still something in the soap um, where really all of the nutrients are gone. And so I think that's why a lot of people would associate, traditionally associate bar soap as being something that would dry your skin out because a lot of the ones that are cheap like that, they will just because of what's in the product. And then, you know, they want you to buy their $12 lotion to cure your dry skin that the, that the bar soap is costing. <laughs> um, and, and so just kind of in general, that's, um, that, that's a very high level of, 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 you know, bar soap specifically. And then as we look at different product categories and we've expanded from doing soap to doing a cologne, uh, to doing a shampoo and conditioner, um, you know, we saw similar problems in the industry and, you know, cologne, for example, is something where um, almost zero companies out there producing cologne on a large scale disclose anything about what's in that. That's true. So this is something that, you know, you're putting all of your body, your skin is absorbing it and taking it in your body. And so there's a lot of potential hormone disruptors or different types of irritants um, that are, are in those colognes. And so for us, a big aspect of, of it is not only the ingredients, but just bringing transparency to what's in our product. And, um, you know, so, you know, our cologne lists, you know, every single ingredient that's in there, it's hundred percent natural. So, uh, so you at least know what you're getting. Well, what's a cologne smell like if you can describe it? um i think some of my customers are probably better at doing that but um they're very they're not they're not going to smell like a traditional cologne and so it is a polarizing product um you know we have diehard fans who love it and we have people who try it and they're like you know it's just not for them um it, it smells a lot more like somebody who kind of i would say walked out of the the woods versus somebody who you know, just sprayed themselves an axe, for example. Okay. Uh, so it, it's a, it's a woody kind of a, a natural um, scent, maybe a little citrus as well. Um, it's a man smell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then you have some hair products here too, shampoo and hair care kit. What's the hair care kit doing? Oh, that's the combination, right? Yeah, 
That's gotcha. the both of them. And so that's our most recent thing, um, which we launched through Kickstarter. And, you know, that, that was a pretty cool process as well. So one of, that's one of the most interesting things about, about doing this is just, is just the opportunity to, to learn about these products. And what's really interesting about the hair care stuff is that most people wash their hair way too often. Mm-hmm. So even a gentle shampoo um, is going to strip the natural oils that your scalp produces. Right. And, um, so, you know, shampooing every day or even every other day is going to be pretty hard on your scalp and, and over time will, will most likely lead to dry scalp. Um, and so we actually are, as far as I know, the, the only company out there that tells you not to use our shampoo every day because, you know, most of them want you to just <laughs> Um, and so we tell you to use our conditioner as more of a daily rinse, because um, obviously if you're going to the gym and you're working or you're you're going outside, you wanna you wanna rinse some of that stuff out. But mm-hmm. you can do that in a way that doesn't strip all that um, natural oil from your hair. And another thing that's cool about that product that we did was we got it um, certified through the NPA, which is the Natural Product Association. Um, so it's a it's a third party verification that all of our ingredients are 100% naturally derived and sustainably sourced. Uh, how often are you supposed to shampoo? So it, de- it depends a little bit on your on your hair type. Like if you have dry, kind of flaky scalp, uh, you probably get away with just doing it once a week. If you have a little bit more oily, um, you can do you know twice a week. And also depends on if your hair is like I guess on a little bit more of the brittle side, uh, mm-hmm. you'd want to shampoo less often. Wow. Uh, what it's doing is it's affecting you know the pH balance of your scalp. Do you have any um, plans to come out with some hair gel? You know we've been thinking about that, so we pretty much go straight to our customers when we look for new products. And uh, on our roadmap for this year is a deodorant and a lotion, as well as a couple new soap scents that are going to be a little bit more fun. Um, and then I think you know we're kind of covering I guess all the basics of of your basic products and then maybe you'll get more into kind of the i guess the higher end stuff or the specialty stuff yeah cool my friend so let's talk branding did you come up with all this branding yourself like i think That's it's just ingenious <laughs> so it's so fun like i did every i did so much so much of the company was just like kind of following you know the lean startup methodology or stuff that's taught and like for work week and so you know i basically had this idea for my company, you know, this was going back, you know, again to the story I was telling kind of at the beginning mm-hmm. and my sister is very creative and good at, at drawing. So I was basically like, Hey, this is my, this is my idea. Can you make me a logo for my company? Like, <laughs> I didn't have, I didn't have a name for it yet. And she was like, cool. Like, let me think about it. And so like a week later she comes back and she had this like black and white sketch of like basically the same guy that we have now. <laughs> this is freaking perfect. So we just kind of took that and ran with it. And I, you know, I, I kind of finished off the design of it and colored it in and stuff. And then, you know, from there we called it, like I called it originally Sasquatch Soap. And then we, I ran into some trademark issues with that. So we rebranded as Dr. Squatch. The thing I like about your branding, and I don't know how much more that you've done completely on your own, but it just kind of sucks you in. You know, even if you're not looking for soap or healthy products or anything, I noticed the first thing when I went to your website, which I love about this, is that I instantly wanted to check it out 
even though I wasn't necessarily looking for something and it kind of just pulls you in. And maybe it's because I do have an interest in this stuff and maybe it's because your branding and design, you've done really well with that. So if we could get into a little bit more about kind of your branding and design and how you set that up to okay. be to attract customers. Yeah, first of all, I, I really appreciate you saying that and that's always cool to hear that, that people resonate with it. So, um, you know, one thing that, I think is important is I, I think the company actually reflects a lot of my own personality. Um, you know, we don't try to be, you know, I, I feel that a lot of men's brands out there are a little pretentious and trying to maybe only show like the perfect guy or there's like this certain idea of like a man that you have to be, or you have to use these products to like live up to the standard of, of manhood. But for us, First, we just wanted to have fun and, and teach people something along the way. So that's kind of the two, I guess, core components of the brand is we want to suck you in with, with the fun design and, and maybe some puns, um, some, some funny pictures, whatever. And then we want you to experience our product and also kind of understand the meaning behind it and play a small role in maybe you know, educating you and in, to different decisions in your life that might extend beyond you know, this area. So... You know, I think it just for guys like, you know, the, the humor is just huge in terms of attracting them. Um, and so we just started with that. And, and, you know, now I have more teams in place that are managing a lot of the marketing. But, from, you know, kind of from the start, I did all of that on my own. And it was just really a reflection of my own personality more than anything else. And how about the design of the website? Did you create that yourself, Jack? I did make the basic template, yes. Because I don't know, there's something about it that's just <laughs> done really well. <laughs> and maybe it's a color coordination or the way that you have, you know, your purchase button and everything. But I really like the way that you did it. Appreciate that. What have you learned about branding over the past few years with this business? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, one of my favorite frameworks for thinking about a brand comes from the book Good to Great by Jim Collins. It's a good book. Um, and so I think he, call, he calls it the hedgehog concept. So I don't know if you're familiar with this, but it's, it's the intersection of three things. And so whenever I think about our brand or really just our company, I try to make sure that we're focused on these three things. And so it's, it's what do you think that you can be the best in the world at? Um, what are you passionate about? And what is your economic driver as a company? Um, and so for us, you know, we're passionate about educating men on why they should use more natural products. Uh, we want to be the best in the world at, at producing, you know, 100% natural personal care products. And our economic driver is maximizing the lifetime value from our customer. And so that means that we need to create a relationship with them over time. And, and, and so when I think of our brand, it's, I think of it as being kind of the intersection of all those three things. And one of the biggest ways that we facilitate that is we invest a lot in in social media um, just in terms of engagement. And so, you know, just from knowing other business owners, I know that um, other people don't invest as much as we do. So we have we have a team of three people that just manage our, our like organic social media content and engagement. And so for us, basically just building out that community and making it really feel like a community is, is just a huge aspect of what we're doing. Um, 
and so so the brand is really kind of you know our customers what are some things jack that you've learned recently about social media and marketing through social media channels and and also on top of that you're using facebook instagram and twitter do you use any other platforms yeah, I mean, tw- Twitter and Pinterest are secondary for us. Uh, Twitter is more of a customer service tool. Okay. Um, and P- Pinterest, we tried to get traction on there, and it, it hasn't really taken off. It, it does. It's one of the things that works at certain times of the year, um, like during kind of holiday season, uh, to help, I guess, curate stuff. Mm-hmm. And we have a little bit different buyer during that season. Uh, we have more female buyers during that time for... Um, you know, buying gifts for the men in their lives, and that typically tends to align more with the Pinterest graphic. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, but the 80-20 of it is definitely Facebook um, and then, you know, Instagram. And, you know, what what we've what I've learned, like, most importantly, what I learned is this was the biggest inflection point in our business. Um, so kind of the, the first two years or first year and a half, it was somewhat slow, steady growth. Um, you know, doing Google AdWords, doing con- like blogging, content marketing, trying, you know, telling people about it, trying to reach out to influencers. Um, we worked with a lot of these distribution boxes. Um, so things like Spreadsabox, Birchbox, uh, Bespoke Post. So we give our product to these companies either at cost or for free in exchange. Um, you know, they then distribute it to their large customer bases. And then we hope to get some of those customers to come back to us. Um, and so all of that, like was working in the sense that we felt like, okay, we felt like we were validating, or I felt like I was validating the idea for the product. And and I knew that people liked it, but none of that felt scalable. And, um, the thing that really clicked for, for me as a marketer, and within our business was I took a class in uh, San Francisco uh, through this organization called General Assembly. And I basically, it was a 10-week digital marketing course. um, And it was taught by somebody who was actually in the field. He was the head of customer acquisition for uh, an e-commerce brand, you know, B2C e-commerce brand. And so he basically just told us, taught us what he did on his day-to-day job. And so my biggest, like, mindset shift was that okay our product has limited capacity of people that are actively searching for it so on google on amazon whatever there's only so many people that are looking for natural soap or men's soap and products like that and we kind of capped all that out but there's tens of thousands of potentially millions of customers on facebook who fit the profile of somebody who would maybe like our product they just don't know about it right so when, we, when I had that mindset shift and then started investing in Facebook ads and learned how to use that platform in a profitable way, that completely changed the business. And I think we, we tripled within a month or two in terms of our sales. And so we've basically been scaling off of that ever since. How long did you, oh, it took you about a month or two to, to kind of get the learning curve for Facebook ads? Um, I would say there's different learning curves. So it, you know, there was immediate success just by doing it and doing kind of, you know, the easiest low hanging fruit tactics, Mm -hmm. you know, we we had immediate success, but then trying to scale past that, then I had to learn more. And then, um, you know, then that worked and then, you know, we hit kind of, you know, roadblocks or I guess bumps along the way. Um, 
but that that kind of that mindset shift is really what what changed everything for us if you started all over and we're building dr squash again what would you do now Mm -hmm. that you didn't do in the past totally yeah it's a great question i think there's two things that are important so number one i would get absolutely crystal clear on who my customer is um and I think that you can, like, in the longer term, serve a broader audience. But I think that you'll benefit so much from having a very specific customer to initially sell to. And then number two, I would focus on figuring out what is the one best marketing channel to reach that customer and just go all in on doing that well. And so I think, I think what I did and what a lot of people do when they first start out is, like, they read a million things about e-commerce and, and building a website, and they're like, okay, we got to get our SEO right. We got to start blogging. We got to do this and that. We got to have a social media page. You know, I would just go all in on making like a very simple website, finding that best possible channel, and hitting those customers hard. And then from there, you're going to know, like, okay, that, that's going to validate your idea and tell you, you know, should I expand or, or is this just not going to work? And so, that's kind of what I did by accident. It took me two years, <laughs> but yeah, um, you know, starting now, I think you can cut through a lot by just going straight to that. And Jack, is there anything else that you'd like to throw at the listeners before we wrap up? Um, yeah, I had a, I had a couple of things um, that I wrote down that have helped me. Um, I think, I think like self awareness is so huge, and for me, I love entrepreneurship because. It's it's kind of it's just kind of the best tool for personal growth for me. So I found I found that most of my challenges in business have been more related to my mindset or skills that I need to develop as a person, and less so about like specific tactics. Because you, once you have an idea of where you need to go and what you need to do, like you can find or hire people to execute specific tactics for you pretty easily. Um, and what I found for me. Um, I really like this tool called the Wealth Dynamic Profile, and it tells you, it helps you realize what you're naturally really good at. And for me, that's building systems and creative uh, and strategic planning. And so, for me, where I'm at now, I try to focus most of my work on on operating in that area and having other people work in the areas where they where they do best. And I find that that maximizes my impact and also just kind of maximizes my happiness because. When I do those things, I'm, I'm in a feeling of flow and everything comes really naturally and, and just feels really good. I like it. One other thing, if the listeners want to reach out to you and learn more about Dr. Squatch, where's the best place they could do that at? Yeah, we're, we're huge on Facebook and Instagram, like I was saying. So Facebook, you can just look for Dr. Squatch. And then on Instagram, we're Dr. Squatch Soap Co. Um, you know, getting a good Instagram handle these days is harder than a domain, so... Mm-hmm. That one's a little bit long, but it's what we have. And then my personal Instagram is pretty active, and it's it's Travel Tack, which is basically Travel Jack, but flip the J and the T. Travel Jack. Travel Jack. Travel Jack. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll put those in the show notes. Jack, we want to give you a huge thank you for coming on to the show, my friend. Thanks for sharing your tips and your tricks and your story with us. We really do appreciate your time. Awesome. Thanks, Chris. No problem. And listeners, we're going to wrap up there. And thanks for joining us once again. And we'll see you all on the next episode. Goodbye, everybody.
The Entrepreneur House is a business accelerator for six and seven figure entrepreneurs. Imagine spending an extended period of time with other successful entrepreneurs working together and growing your business. Day to day you interact with other driven and smart business people. Spending an extended period of time around them alters your business and your mentality around business. Goals are set, business grows, new partnerships develop, greater profit margins are achieved, the productivity skyrockets for attendees, and you get to have an incredible adventure while doing it. This year, our main event will be held in Chiang Mai, Thailand. It is four weeks from October 26th to November 24th and held for six and seven figure entrepreneurs only. It will be full of workshops, masterminds, advisors, co-working, and fun weekend social events. Be sure to check out the details at theentrepreneurhouse.com as soon soon as possible. This event will fill up fast. For those of you that are interested and have some questions, be sure to contact us through theentrepreneurhouse.com forward slash contact. We will respond as soon as possible. For now, saludos from somewhere in the world.